she had the most compelling eyes, and there was a deep sadness in her. I could see that sadness. From Wyoming Public Media, this is Human Nature, real stories where humans and our habitat meet. I'm Caroline Ballard. In this episode, we're going to meet lots of dogs. You are spunky. This is my tiny terror, Sparks. And that's Susan Wydell. Her house is on the Wyoming prairie, with lots of space for her dogs to run and play. Our visit to Susan's home was specifically to meet one of her dogs, Little Red. Little. I'm going to get it. Let me get a cookie. Little Red is a pit bull. As her name suggests, she's got a reddish coat with some gray. She's 14 years old. It's a bit chilly, so Little's wearing a pink dog sweater. And she's shy, but treats help. Come on, Legos. Hi. Come on, baby girl. Sit. Sit. Can you shake? Can you give high five to Carolyn? You sit. High five. Oh, wow. Yes, give your high five. You forgot give her a tr- it. Yes. Sit, there baby. High five. High five. There you go. Good I got girl. another one for you right here. Yeah. There you go. Good girl, little. Good girl. <laughs> you love your treats. Yes, she's a treat lady. She has treats that for is, you. Yeah. Hi. Good girl. Nice to meet you. Good girl. She came a long way to be here. She did. She crisscrossed the country. She went from Virginia to southern Utah and then here. For the first five years or so of her life, Little Red was chained to a car axle in a clearing in the Virginia woods. She was part of NFL quarterback Michael Vick's dogfighting ring, Bad News Kennels. And they had them stationed so that the dogs could not see each other. They didn't want them to have sight. They had sound. And so it would help increase the aggression and anxiety about other dogs. So it was all, you know, engineered to keep the dogs kind of amped up when they were around each other so that they would fight better. She's pretty small. She was smaller than I... Yeah, she only weighs about 38 pounds. The game dogs used for fighting are small. Hmm. You know, Jules would never make a fight dog, my big pit bull, never. She's too big, and she lumbers. The little dogs, the smaller ones, are much more agile. And so that's, they breed them to be small in the fight world. Yeah, little's graying a little around the muzzle. She is. She's very, you know, she's, her face, well... This is a picture of her when I first saw her. Oh, wow. And look how red she was. Mm. And I've kept that picture. I, I saw her, and I read about her. I think it was in the Wall Street Journal or the New York Times, and it just, she just touched my heart. What was it about Little Red that drew you to her? You know, I think it was something about the look in her eyes. She had the most compelling eyes, and there was a deep sadness in her. I could see that sadness. She had been brutalized, and she did not trust people. But you could see in her eyes that she had great gentleness, and that's what I saw when I looked at her. Do you ever still see the, any sadness in her? I see sadness in her all the time. I do. 
I'd never had a pit bull. I was sort of afraid of them. I've had dogs for years, but never a pit. And I never thought twice about it. I wanted to adopt her. And it took four, almost four years. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, she's, it looks like she's got a little bit of scarring up there, too. Yeah, she does. She actually has scars all over her body. Her face has very little fur on it. You see that she has no fur on her muzzle. It's just all taken off by the fighting. Mm -hmm. She also had her teeth either yanked out or filed down. So her teeth are filed way down. And she's missing quite a few. And so, you know, she was a bait dog, most likely. They used her to, for the fighting dogs to practice on. Little Red's journey to a home began 10 years ago, when she and dozens of other dogs were rescued from Bad News Kennels. Eventually, the most traumatized dogs from the fighting ring were sent to Best Friends Animal Sanctuary in Utah. They were called the most vicious dogs in America. And from the beginning, most people thought they were doomed. Historically, Dogs like these who were rescued from fighting situations were, were basically considered unsavable, and they were simply euthanized. Filmmaker Darcy Dennett had a front row seat to the unfolding drama. She was at Best Friends filming for the National Geographic show Dogtown when the Michael Vick dogs arrived. The experience was so compelling, she stayed on to film her own documentary about the dogs, called The Champions. When people told me that we would be filming with Michael Vick's fighting dogs, I guess I didn't know what to imagine they would be like, but what they ended up being like was so completely different from what I had envisioned that I really just couldn't even believe it. 22 of these dogs were considered so damaged and beyond repair that they simply weren't worth fighting for. Dogs that both the Humane Society and PETA thought should be euthanized. But Best friends and, and other organizations stood up for these dogs and believed that they could change. And, and they didn't even believe that they could change. They believed that these dogs were worth saving. Millions of dogs in America are euthanized every year. Adoptable dogs in shelters across the country. So why spend time and money and resources on 22 that were so considered so challenging. And I think that the reason is, the reason is that every life is worth fighting for, that every life has value. And I think that the thing that struck me probably most when the dogs first arrived was that they, they really just seemed scared. They barked quite a lot. These dogs probably had very little interaction with people that was positive. They probably had very little routine in their lives. They probably weren't fed with any kind of regularity or ever given a toy or played with. A lot of the dogs really weren't comfortable walking on a leash. It might speak to the fact that they were never taken for a walk or possibly when they were put on a leash, it was when they were being taken to the dog fighting ring at the compound. Really, it just seemed like they had very little experience with people. And what was very interesting to me was that it became pretty quickly apparent that many of the dogs were much more comfortable with other dogs than they were with people. So despite the fact that 
these were supposed to be vicious, aggressive fighting dogs who didn't like other dogs. They actually really gravitated towards other dogs because I think that they trusted them more than they trusted people. There are so few dogs who are willing to fight. It really just isn't in their nature. You know, most of these dogs were put into a position where they either had to fight for their life or die. But there were at least two dogs in the group who were thought to be former fighting champions. Those dogs tend to have more aggression issues with other dogs, but they also tend to be incredibly good with people. These dogs' tendency is to want to please the people that they're with. One of those fighting champions was a pit bull named Lucas. Lucas had scars all over his face. He was clearly a dog who had fought. And one of the things that surprised me most about Lucas was that despite the fact that he had so many scars all over his face, he was this big, sort of scary-looking dog, except for that he was (laughs) so friendly. I mean, I think the thing that really struck me about Lucas was that he was just not at all what I had imagined he would be. Here was this dog who had been so terribly abused by humans, who in fact, the most striking thing about him was that he was just so incredibly friendly with people. I remember going into his run and he literally like leapt into my arms and like covered me with kisses and it's this huge dog covered with scars. Um, And just sort of realizing in that moment that, you know, these dogs, their biggest problem was going to be overcoming this stigma of being pit bulls, one, but dogs rescued from a fighting situation, two, but pit bulls rescued from Michael Vick's dogfighting ring, three, but that in fact they were creatures that had suffered terrible abuse but were capable of loving and trusting humans. Lucas, another dog named Cherry, was terrified of people. When Cherry first arrived, he was so completely traumatized and shut down. He would do something called pancaking, where he would flatten on all fours and refuse to walk. He was entirely shut down emotionally. He just was so terrified of people that he would almost try to disappear, try to make himself invisible. It was very hard to get close to him because he would just sort of cower in a corner. Michelle Besman, who was featured in the film, spent months with Cherry just simply getting him okay with being in the same space with her. So she would sit in a room with Cherry for hours, just in the same space, not trying to touch him, just getting him used to her presence there. And then um, slowly, very slowly over the course of time, Cherry finally, um, and we happened to be there and captured it on film, (laughs) Cherry slowly yawned 
and decided that it was time to come over and sit next to Michelle. Um, and that was a huge step for Cherry to take. And that took, I don't even know how long it took. It must have taken, you know, months. I think it was months. And that was one little step. And then Michelle proceeded to spend many, many more months. She would bring Cherry to her office and let him simply sit under the desk with her in a very sort of a low pressure, non-threatening way. Just slowly getting Cherry used to the idea that being in the company of people could be a positive thing and a good thing. Um, and I think Cherry slowly came to associate Michelle with treats or affection, stability um, and love. And Cherry was one of the first dogs who best friends decided was ready to be adopted. And so after spending a few years working with Cherry, Michelle had to, this is the part of the film that always kind of makes me cry because she had to put him in a car and send him away to his forever home. Cherry's sort of confused and doesn't know why she's saying goodbye. And so, this dog, who is pretty much considered unsavable, was given a second chance to go to an adoptive home in Connecticut. But that wasn't the last time Darcy saw Cherry. I live here in New York City, and every year, Best Friends Animal Society has a fundraising event called Strut Your Mutt. There are hundreds of people who come to walk their dogs along the Hudson River. And I walk my dog, Nina, at this event. And I remember seeing about four or five years ago, there was a black pit bull who was surrounded by a group of people. And the dog looked very happy, he's wagging his tail. He was getting all this attention from the semicircle of people gathered around him. And I look up and I realize that it's the couple who had adopted Cherry. And here, years later, I'm at this really busy event where this dog has miraculously transformed into this, this loving, trusting creature who had learned how to trust humans again after all the abuse he had suffered. And I really, I couldn't believe that with time, patience, and love, and when given a second chance, that this dog had been able to change to, to the extent that he had. In the beginning of the time that I spent working with Cherry, I assumed that he would never get that far, that it just was never gonna happen, that he would maybe spend the rest of his life at the sanctuary, which was an amazing place, that he would never really be able to have very close bonds with people because he was simply too traumatized by his experience with, with them. I just assumed that he wouldn't get very far. But the dogs proved me so wrong, you know? And the people who believed in these dogs proved me so wrong. And I think that that, for me, is the real story here. Cherry has gone on to live something of a red carpet life. He's attended more than 10 screenings of Darcy's film, The Champions. On the other hand, Cherry's buddy back at the sanctuary a pit called Handsome Dan, still struggles with the trauma he suffered. I really loved Handsome Dan because he was so beautiful. He is so beautiful. 
when the trainers at Best Friends introduced Handsome Dan to Cherry, both of them were very fearful of people, but when they introduced them to each other, they immediately sort of blossomed. Handsome Dan is very fearful of people, even to this day, as a result of his experience at Bad News Kennels. He really can't take walks out of the neighborhood because he's simply too fearful to be out in a space where anything could happen. He's able to go on walks in this one place on this peninsula that's very quiet and that has water on both sides, so he feels sort of surrounded and and safe. But Heather, the woman who adopted him, has um, come up with this Pope mobile. It's like a, a stroller that you would maybe use for a baby, but it's big enough to put a pit bull in, and Handsome Dan actually feels comfortable enough in his Pope mobile to be taken out for walks. So Handsome Dan is you know, very, very shy, and so he lives sort of a very quiet, protected life with his family in Rhode Island. When Little Red moved to Wyoming, it was a hard adjustment for her, too. Little, yeah, it looks like you. she likes her bed. She, she does. She likes her home. <laughs> she does. She likes her home very much. And, you know, she, it was difficult for her at first because she had never lived in a home. She was afraid of crossing thresholds. She was afraid of just coming up even two steps. She was afraid of the dishwasher, afraid of the washing machine. You know, just things she had never experienced. Any sudden noises really, really frightened her. Little Red's trainer made the trip to Wyoming with her and stayed at Susan's house for four days, helping Little Red adjust. And when her trainer left, she was absolutely bereft. She just was the most forlorn dog. She would go to the far corner in the front pasture and just lay down, and that was the last place she had seen the trainer as her trainer drove away. You know, I always thought if a dog could cry, she would be sobbing. And she just laid there, and so Cheeto went out and got her. He laid down beside her, and finally, after maybe an hour, she was able to get up, and um, I carried her back to the house, and he came with her. And, you know, I knew that um, for her, she realized that the life that she had grown to love at the sanctuary, she had been there for three and a half years, that life was over. And so... It was a real process for her to adjust. It took, I'd say, at least six months, and there were many times when I thought, I've made a terrible mistake. She was better off where she was. She was happy there. She had staff people who adored her. They would hold her and rock her in a rocking chair. But over time, she really made the transition, and it was the dogs that helped her, not me. A lot of people have a lot of misconceptions about pit bulls, that their jaws lock like a vice, um, that they're tenacious and they never let go, that they are dangerous with cats and other dogs. And the most amazing one to me is that, you know, this idea that pit bulls don't feel pain. I 
I think that's a very convenient thing for people to feel about animals in general, that you know, they don't feel pain in the way that we do. That you know, a dog wouldn't feel cold if you left it out in the winter while you're wearing a sweater, that because it's a dog, it doesn't feel cold. I just think it's fascinating how humans are really good at creating this idea of like the other and that um, because something isn't human that they don't feel in the same way that we do. But really, pit bulls are just dogs. What effect has the film had on the public perception of pit bulls? I think that a picture is worth a thousand words, and I think that a film maybe is worth even more. Um, When you see a, a visual of a dog like Cherry on a couch with his cat named Walker, um, licking the cat, he's sitting next to him happily purring, I think that that just speaks volumes. I think people have very strong associations with the word pit bull, and I think what's amazing to see is that through films like The Champions and through the work of people like Best Friends and, and others, that people aren't associating pit bulls with negative things anymore. I think people are associating pit bulls with the family dog that they once were, historically. They are loving dogs, and they're very, very good family dogs. She is is a great example. All of the horrible things that were done to her, and she is still a sweet and gentle dog. They are people pleasers. They love to please their people. She is just... um, as sweet as can be. And Jules, my other pit bull, is trained as a therapy dog. She loves people and she loves attention. You know, she thrives on it and she's so sweet. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking over at Little and Jules right now. And I mean, Little's in her bed and Jules is getting some major love from our producer, Aaron. And uh, definitely not what I would call vicious dogs by any stretch of the imagination. And, you know, all of the dogs that were rescued from um, Vic are sweet dogs. Like people, dogs are individuals. Um, They experience things differently, and their life experience shapes who they are. I think that people really underestimate how intelligent and emotional animals are. Just because they can't talk doesn't mean that they're any less valuable than we are as humans. I, th- I think that the depth that animals have is really pretty amazing. Our storytellers were Darcy Dennett and Susan Wydell. Little Red died peacefully on April 2nd, almost 10 years to the day since she was rescued from Bad News Kennels back in 2007. She was in Susan's arms until the end. We feel so fortunate to have met her. You can watch a trailer of Darcy's film, see photos of Little Red, Lucas, Cherry, and discover exactly how handsome Handsome Dan is at championsdocumentary.com. I'm Caroline Ballard. Our producers are Aaron Jones, Anna Rader, and Micah Schweitzer. The theme song is by Caught a Ghost. Our website is humannaturepodcast.org. Human Nature is a production of Wyoming Public Media. 
Join us again for our next episode coming out May 10th. It's human nature.